In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Support Black Podcast. This is Karma. She is the Blurred Girl a freelance commercial video and film editor by day, and a comic book reading, anime watching, TV, live tweeting, K-pop listening, blog writing, geek girl by night. She uses her blog and her podcast to shine a light on sequential art, comic books, graphic novels, and pop culture with a focus on characters of color primarily created by people of color. Join her on theblurredgirl.com. That's the T H E blurred B L E R D girl G U R L dot com the blurred girl dot com go there and support black podcast to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are closing out the month of October, the season of Boo, our Halloween celebration with Sugar Hill. From 1974, an American international picture that was brought to the mission by way of Vincent Williams. Yes. I always feel like I want to call you Vincent Williams the third. I am the third. Are you really? I am. I'm Algy Vincent Williams the third. There you go. So there you go. That's that's the truth. Well, it is. Vincent yeah. Williams the third. The third, yes. But before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to um, start looking at our feedback that we've gotten from each and every one of you. And I want to take a moment, first and foremost, to thank each and every one of you, including you, Vince, for all of the kind um, words and condolences that you have all shared with me on the passing of my mother uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I really really appreciated it. I looked at pretty much everything that was sent my way. And believe me, those words of encouragement were um, very heartfelt and meant a lot to me. And I shared them with my family and I express on their behalf our gratitude for all the well wishes from each and every one of you. Thank you very, very much. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Vince, you were checking on me a couple of times. I Absolutely. really appreciated that. Absolutely. Of course. Um, You're my man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, on to the emails, Vince. Yes. We got an email from Ron Harvey. Hey, what's up, Ron? Good evening, gentlemen. I first jumped on the mission a couple of weeks ago and started from episode one. Wow. I connected with you guys on Twitter, sharing how the mission introduced me and my 11-year-old to Uptown Saturday Night. That right, was right, fun. Right. Yeah. It's a grind trying to play catch-up, but I am determined to listen to every episode. All right. Recently, I realized that I need to stay current with you guys, so now I'm doubling up. I listen to an oldie, Death by Temptation, right. and then a new one, Acrimony. <laughs> <laughs> this way I can catch up on the front and back ends I loved the Candyman episode and the Tony Todd interview if you can call it that it was more like a chill session with your homies that's, that's, those are our interviews <laughs> yes they are well that's Tony Todd He's right just, right right I was jumping in my seat in the car when you guys were naming Tony Todd roles and left out his classic role as the avenging angel of Joe Clark when he was the head of security <gasps> and lean we on me sure did leave out lean on me he only has like four lines in the whole movie yeah, I don't even remember him in the movie. He's, he, he's, I mean, Ron just said it. Remember, he's the dude in charge of security. He's the big black guy in back, which, which is saying something because um, Morgan Freeman is not a small man. Right. But he's, right, he's, he's the security guy. I, I don't, I, when, when, when Joe Clark says, the enemy is at the gate, he's the one that actually goes to get the chains. As a school leader in Philadelphia for a number of years, Lean On Me is my favorite movie. And if I could put in a request that you guys review movies about education every September, the way you do horror in October, I would love to join you next September with a Lean On Me episode. Oh, okay. That's a good good suggestion. That is. Like a good theme type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I love Lean On Me. Yeah. I love Lean On Me. I don't know if we could devote like the whole month, right, but certainly right. like yeah, the certainly. first one. Yeah, absolutely. In September. Kind of back to school. Yeah, I back like to that. school. I, I like it too. All right. Consider it done, Ron. You'll have to remind I us. I was about to say, now you'll have to remind us. <laughs> yes. Stay on, stay on us, Ron. I was about to say. Because fleeting are the memories of the Michelle It's men. a lot going on. Not to get too lengthy. I, too, have a weird food thing. Oh. Mm. I think we triggered something with the collard green conversation. For the life of me, no matter how many versions and attempts I make to like it, I, all capitals, can not get down with stuffing. Oh. I love every ingredient in stuffing, but when it's all together, I can't. Stand it. You said that until you ate Twana's. I Ron, I have to tell you, I was like you for for my entire life. I could not stand stuffing, could not stand the smell of stuffing. No, nobody could make me like anybody, like my grandmother stuffing, my mom stuffing, nothing. I didn't I, I had people that bought the box stuffing and made their own stuffing, didn't like any of them. Tawana made stuffing. Lily Triple made stuffing uh, for our first Thanksgiving. 
and she was like adamant just try it and it i said i will try it because watching her make it she did something different that i i never saw anybody do so and i'll never say what it is because she will kill me yes so i but that made me say okay i'll give it a shot i loved it i absolutely love it yeah i mean you know stuffing is a weird thing yeah, do like you that like actually. Stuffing? Oh, I love stuffing, but it makes sense to me that stuffing is something that someone wouldn't like. Really? Because it's a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's like, oh, I'm not really, and and it's sort. I, I bet there's a window too. Well, obviously not because you just start liking it. Right. Oh, you're going to say maybe it's like a window, like a when window you... when you can eat it. Like, mm-hmm. like I have a theory about eggs. Like you have that window of time when you learn how to eat eggs, mm-hmm. and then that's how you eat them from then on. For the most part, well, that's your go-to, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So because because I definitely didn't like eggs, then learned to like eggs, like scrambled eggs, right? Ate mostly just scrambled eggs, right? And then it probably was is within the last fifteen years that I like finally just said, you know, give me a fried egg. Oh yeah, I, no, yeah, I do scrambled. And and boiled eggs in things, mm. you know, potato salad or mm-hmm. tuna salad. But yeah, I, I only scramble. Like I can't like a fried, and I need them actually scrambled. So you like you you like hard scrambled eggs? Like like well, and and like you scramble them. Like like none of that crack the egg and scramble it in the pan. Mm-hmm. Like I actually need it scrambled in a bowl. And and put a little, little little milk or or half and half in it. And, yeah, the thing and, you know, and, and, and actually scramble all. Like I don't want any little bits of white. Like I need it scrambled all the way through, and then put in the Swiss chard. Ex- <laughs> yes. Ron continues that it was a pleasure to connect with you, and I love being a missionary. Keep up the great and inspirational work. I can't thank you enough for introducing me to the full history of black cinema. Oh, well, thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Great to have you. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, welcome. aboard. Yes. We got an email from uh, Sherry D. Hey, what's up, Sherry? And the subject line is Richie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isa Morales, baby. <laughs> Hello, Vincent Len. I always enjoy your podcast. The feedback as much as the reviews. I'm not on Facebook, but it's nice to be part of this growing community of listeners who appreciate the great work that you do. I'm glad that you made it through your most recent episode uh, tackling greens, grits, <laughs> and acrimony. This, this partnership has been forged in fire. <laughs> In your previous episode, you talked about Issei Morales and Ozark. Yes. So I just watched season one, episode one of Ozark. Issei was quite good, but damn, that episode was something. (laughs) My hands are still shaking. It's a wild episode. I think the first time I ever saw Issei Morales was in a movie called Bad Boys. Yes. That starred Sean Penn. That's right. And a few other... Faces, Jim Moody and Clancy Brown, and was about boys in a juvenile detention center. Issei was also in Paid That's in Full. Right. Remember? Yeah. I, I don't really remember him in uh, Paid in Full, but Bad Boys? That's, 
Yeah, that's that was a tough movie. That was a rough movie. Yeah, man. boy. That was a rough movie. Uh, lastly, I was in downtown Newark last week. While walking around, I learned that the upcoming movie about the Joker is being filmed there. Oh, so okay. a lot of the storefronts were transformed into the 70s and 80s. A lot of vintage vehicles on the street, including old NYPD police cars, but with Gotham on the side. A local 7-Eleven was decorated with graffiti and covered with a luncheonette sign. There were two 70s-era Times Square-esque fake triple-X theater fronts that popped up. Kind of cool how we could just walk along the Market Street seeing all this up close. Usually streets are so blocked off until local sh- during local shoots like this. Are you at all hyped about this Joker flick? Hmm. Are you? Bat Tribble? I'm interested in it because this is the the Joker that will be portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. And I am a fan of Joaquin Phoenix as an actor. Yes. So I'm interested in it from that aspect. Okay. Other than that, I could care less. Oh, I have no interest whatsoever. Really? Like, it's going to take you and two other people to tell me to watch this for me to watch this. But don't you feel, as a comic book fan, like, contractually obligated to I at least check? Oh. I don't. I'm actually in that in that phase. <laughs> like, a, a guy I know that owns a shop talks about, I've reached, like, the, um, what did he call it? It's, it's, it's like the, the, the grand phase of comics, mm-hmm. where, where I really do feel like I'm elevated enough I can pick and choose. And I, I'm, I'm not some stuff I just don't choose. So I don't feel like I have to see it at all. I feel you on that. Um, I probably will. A dilettante. I'm a comic dilettante at this point. Is that what it is? Yeah, I just pick and choose what I want to. Mm. You're a dandy is what you are. I'm a comic dandy. <laughs> There's a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> We also heard from Ryan Sands. Hey, what's up, Ryan? Um, I'm not going to go into all of his email here, but he says, gentlemen, first, I got to say that you guys have no idea how much I needed the acrimony episode this morning. (laughs) Specifically, the opening collard greens debate. I have to sheepishly admit that I'm team Vince on this one. No, it's it. Hey, man. It's only like three of us. Let us have our little team. <laughs> this is Ryan Sands of Hulu's Marvel's Runaways. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I got a celebrity on my team. However, <laughs> he continues, <laughs> I got to leave that Swiss chart uh, alone. Oh, man. I was so close. Mm. <laughs> And um, Len, how do you really feel about acrimony? <laughs> I couldn't tell. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He goes on to talk, talk about a couple of uh, other things that I will uh, share with Vince uh, offline. Ooh, okay then. All as right. They, as they shall say. As they say. Uh, there you go. All right. But uh, thank you, Ryan. We really appreciate that. Um, Twana, Tawana, not my Twana. Right, this is Tawana. Tawana on Twitter. Hey, Tawana. At TP Sully 
says at Michelle Mission, I think I first saw Swiss chard at Whole Foods. <laughs> then it showed up. You're not in, helping Tawana. <laughs> then it showed up in my farm share bag. <laughs> it's okay. Damn it, Tawana, you're not helping. <laughs> that doesn't doesn't help your argument there, Vince. Uh, I thought this was a safe space. Mm. No. <laughs> Sorry, Vince. Uh, no. Um, on our uh, interview that we did do with Tony Todd, Tracy Irvin said that that was awesome. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Tracy. Really enjoyed that interview. And in regards to uh, acrimony, um, MC Picket Fence says, ha, Len never got to two. <laughs> it's true, you didn't. I was like, wow, isn't he going to say five things he liked? Nope. Spoiler, he didn't. <laughs> didn't make it. Didn't quite make it to two. All right. Um, real quick, just on a couple, a couple of news items, if you will. Um, we had, I want to thank everyone. We, we did it on a very special show, but we want to do it on a main show. I want to thank everyone that came out to Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Yes. On Friday, October 26th for our, our screening. Yeah. Of Sugar Hill. Had a good time. Yeah, you had, had a good time. Had a good time. We did. You, you know, obviously you weren't there but but you know ariel was there and i mm -hmm. was there and we did had a good time and uh summer fitch uh she wasn't there but she supplied the the drinks and mm -hmm. you know good time was had by all yeah uh watching sugar hill right colon colon no not that sugar hill yes right as we'll talk about momentarily yes as well yeah and i also want to thank um People that uh, contributed, yes, to our WPPM fundraising special that we did live on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was our uh, drive to five hundred. We didn't quite make it to five hundred, right? However, we got closer than I thought we were. Yeah, and and because of that, uh, Lynn Finley, um, Maurice Poplar. Um, Steve and Alara Tozen and George Carmona yes. will all receive by vote of Vince and Ariel. Absolutely. I was outvoted. They will all receive a very special commemorative DVD of The Last Dragon. Yes, they will. With a full-length audio commentary with, uh, featuring myself, Vince, and Ariel Johnson of Amalgam Comics. Yes, yes they will. So we'll have to uh, get on our, our schedule about when we can yeah, do Yeah, I was about to say, because we have to watch it together. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we have to watch it together. <laughs> I guess we do have to do that. Yeah. Once more into the breach. <laughs> I go. Um, so I, I, I wanted to thank everybody for that. Uh, uh, that was really cool. Uh, your... your um, you know, contributing to 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 yeah. WPPM one hundred six point five FM, Philly Cam People Powered Media, so that would that was really great. Um, and I want to let people make people aware that um, for the week of Thanksgiving, 
Vince and I will be taking a week off. Yes. We're uh, taking a little bit vacation. However, we will be bringing you a brand new Michelle Mission. That's right. That is right. You got a brand new Michelle Mission coming your way on the, uh, the, the week of Thanksgiving as Vince and I, we sat down in Brooklyn. Yes. At lovely Butch and Coco's. Yes, we did. And we spoke with Dorian Missick. That's right. And Omar Dorsey. That's right. Two best friends. I didn't realize that they were actually best friends. Actually best friends. That was really cool. It was, really, it was cool. It was really cool. It was cool. They share a cool story about how they met. Yeah, and, and extremely good friends of the show. Yes, yes. And we sat down with them to review Dolomite. Dolomite. Mm. <laughs> it is the it's going to be an epic it's it's <laughs> it's it's pretty epic. It's an epic episode, ladies it's, and gentlemen. It's one of those episodes where I look at my friend, partner, and most importantly, producer, and I say, I do not envy you trying to edit this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the radio edit may literally be the intro and the outro. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it, it was a good time. It was really a good time. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you got that coming your way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The week of Thanksgiving. All right. All right. But right now. Right now. Let's get into Sugar Hill. All right. We'll be right back with our movie review. After we step to these messages. Blood is red. Voodoo is blue. Sugar is sweet. Revenge is sweeter. I'm passing second. Meet Sugar Hill. No, please. Not a place, but a brand new face. My friends call me Sugar. The foxiest. Looking for anything special? Sexiest. Deadliest chicken town. The mob took Sugar's man away. And now, she's gonna make them pay. I want them dead. With a voodoo priestess called Mama Matrace. I know what you can do. The power you possess. How strong is your hate? And Baron Samdi, too. My particular special. A drink that I'm famous for. The zombie. This is my domain, a kingdom of the dead. And an army of undead behind her. Each death has had something to do with voodoo ritual. There's nothing that sugar can't do. Use it. The mob has never seen anything like Sugar Hill and her zombie hitmen. Sugar Hill, 
1974 American horror black exploitation zombie film directed by Paul Melansky and starring Marky Bay, born right here in Philadelphia. I did not know that. Yes, yes she is. All right. As the title character who uses voodoo to get revenge on the people responsible for her boyfriend's death. This movie was released by American International Pictures. According to the film, the zombies are the preserved bodies of slaves brought to the United States from Guinea. AIP had previously combined the horror and black exploitation genre with Blackula and Scream Blackula Scream and returned to the genre with Sugar Hill and her zombie hitmen. Brought to you by Vincent Williams on this stop on the Michaud mission. Vince, what say you of Sugar Hill? Sugar Hill is a film that I've seen many times, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, because, you know, one of my best friends, you shout out Les Dixon, is the world's biggest Marky Bay fan. So like how I didn't I, know that was a thing. Well, like I'm the world's biggest Philistickney fan. Okay. He's a Marky Bay man. Okay. So I've I've seen Sugar Hill a fit like at least four or five times. Wow. Including the other night at our showing. Okay. And and you know, not to put too fine of a point on it, watching it last Friday. week, last Friday as as we taped this, is the first time that I watched it, let's just say clear eyed. Oftentimes, there were beverages involved when I saw it before uh. in Chicken Wings. <laughs> and I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, at how much I enjoyed this film mm-hmm. as this film. You know, as you said, it's American International Pictures product, which if we've talked about American International before, certainly with the the, the spiritual precursors to this Blackula and Scream, Blackula, Scream. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very low budget. It's it's very much, this is 1975. So Four. Four, I'm sorry. So even in 1974, black exploitation is starting to ebb, frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we're on the back end. And it's a film that, for all of its shortcomings with, with its script... All of its shortcomings with the the budget, like I said, it's very much a low budget film. Mm-hmm. You know, Marky Bay. We can talk about Marky Bay. I like Marky Bay, but you completely understand why Marky Bay didn't have the career that Pam Greer had, or Tamara Dobson, or mm-hmm. Lynette McKee, or Denise Nichols. Like she's okay, but there were a lot of people in line in front of her. Yeah, yeah. But it really does hit that kind of sweet spot for me, that kind of black exploitation sweet spot where it doesn't have all of these, you know, sort of subtext and undertones like some of the films that we've talked about. But the cast kind of pull it off enough Mm -hmm. that it's not a bad film. You know, again, Marky Bay, I think there's there's a level of wit with her. She wakes up. As the film goes on, you know, the film, as you said, she stars as um, Sugar Hill. It's a nickname given to her by her boyfriend who owns a club. Right. And her boyfriend 
is murdered by a local mafioso or local thug uh, played by Robert Quarry, mm-hmm. who's another one of these actors in this world. Yeah, Count Yorga. He was Count Yorga. In fact, he was the heir apparent to Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, sort of horror went out of style in the 70s, but he's very much a product of this world. But when Sugar Hill's boyfriend is murdered, she seeks revenge by going to a woman who who their relationship is never really really articulated that well. I don't know if if Madame um Matrice. Madame Matrice is her grandmother or her mother or somebody who just knows her, but Madame Matrice is a voodoo queen. Mm-hmm. Played by Zara Cully. Yes, of Jefferson's family. Best known as Mother Jefferson in the Jeffersons. And she teaches her how to summon Bear Samdi. Mm. Played by Don Pedro Cullery, who's one of these actors that when you look at him, you say, I've seen him before. And then when you pull up his IMDb and you realize that the man has been in 40 different things here and there, just on television and here and in movies and this, that, and the other. And the plot is is fairly straightforward. Once she gains mastery of the voodoo, she murders Robert Quarry's men, mm-hmm. and then she murders Robert Quarry. <laughs> yep. So there's no real plot. <laughs> but I think what really makes this film pop a little bit is that everyone is having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just mentioned Don Pedro, um, Don Pedro Coley as Baron Samdi, who's sort of this supernatural king of the zombies. Right. He is having a ball. He's having a good time. He is time. having a good time so that three-fourths of the film, you realize he's almost a precursor to Freddy Krueger in like the second and third um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, yeah. Where, you know, he's he's clearly supernatural. He's clearly a person who's killing people. But he's having such a good time that that good time is infectious. Yeah, yeah. The special effects, very low-budget special effects. But, you know, I'm not going to call people out. As a film that is made a year after Scream, Blackula, Scream, and two years after Blackula, what they do with this budget for these special effects, as I watched it, I said, this can't possibly be the same people who did the makeup on Blackula and Scream, Blackula, Scream. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Yeah. Because although it's low budget, I found it surprisingly effective. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like there, there's this silver ball. That that the zombies have yeah and oh, over their eyes over their eyes right and then they have like they're they're covered in webs mm-hmm. and 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 you know this this sort of swamp you know because str- because they come from the swamp and I thought it was just frightening enough mm-hmm. to give this a little sauce if you will right film is filmed in on set on um on location in Houston. Mm-hmm. Which I thought gave it a different look, yeah. Than you get with a lot of black exploitation films, which have more of an urban setting, which have more hard of an urban hard setting. urban setting, and it really does feel like a place, mm-hmm. like this is a place. Mm-hmm. So that by the time the film ended, 
I realized that I I really enjoyed it as as one of these examples of a black exploitation film. When people ask, well, why would people like? Why did this speak? Like, I un- I completely understand why someone would like this in 1974, and I think the fact that it came out in 1974 is more of a reason that we don't talk about it more than the quality of the film. I think if this film had come out in 1971 mm-hmm. or 1972, we would have different conversations about it. Because I liked it. I liked this film. I liked it too. Okay. And I found myself, the reason why I think I liked it because is um, you touched on it. The film was made on a, a very low budget. It's $350,000. Yeah. Yet, not only is everyone having fun as far as the actors, but I also think that the director, Paul Molansky, and the crew are having fun too. And that infectiousness breeds over not only into the into the performances of the actors, but I think also into the production of the film. Mm. The film looks extremely professional. Mm -hmm. The special effects are cheap. So what they do is they mask them. You don't see the slashing of the net. You just see the blood splurt splurt somewhere. You know Mm. what I mean? You don't, um, even though you see the zombies with their, with their, the orbs in their eyes, those orbs that they have for eyes, because they look like they're almost like like halves of steel balls they have a glow to them so when the zombies appear in the dark with all their webs on them that's half the battle right there as far as the mood you Mm -hmm. know you don't really i mean because one these are not zombies as we know to be zombies Mm -hmm. you know that like you know the the walking dead all peeling flesh and everything like that if you go like like the um like wikipedia spoke of you go back to your 30s and 40s especially into uh your your um your literature and comics of the day you will see that zombies depicted this same way they were um basically either uh um uh uh slaves brought back to life or they were you know back then they just said Africans were also zombies. So right. you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, 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 and, and that's, that's what they're playing off here. And it, it, it fits very well because while this movie is filmed and set in Houston, it also has to it because you've got this whole swamp thing. It's also got a little bit of that uh, New Orleans yeah. a vibe to it, especially when it's talking about the whole voodoo um, traditions in the film, uh, you you have a film that is just like there's one scene where this one cop, this white cop, is going through, is walking through a uh, a warehouse, right? And first of all, he walks through the warehouse. You see him open up the door to the warehouse, and he walks into the warehouse. The camera moves, and now the camera is looking at him walk through the warehouse, but is looking at him through like these tower of like crates and boxes, mm-hmm. right? And he it, and he passes by like an opening in the in the crates, and you see him about three quarters just walking walking through. 
and you just hear his footsteps as he's walking into this dark place. And then the, the boxes like um, come in front of the camera. The next break in the boxes as he has just been walking and the camera seemingly has not moved, is just tracking along. Th- that break provides a squared off close up of the cop's face only now looking fearful as he's walking through it. In fact, it's not even a cop, it's a gangster mm-hmm. walking through there. I thought that alone was like, wow, that's a really good shot. Right, right, you know, right. Like that level of professionalism is not what you see in black in most black exploitation movies. Right, right. And or American international films. Especially American international yeah. films. And that's one of the things that's been like the my biggest knock on these films for all, you know, the the um the trappings and subtext that, you know, like you always contend these people are trying to put into their films. Um, you know, all of that is lost on me because the films would look so freaking amateurish mm-hmm. that I just couldn't even, I, I couldn't put that out of my head. I couldn't sit there and just enjoy the story. This is a professionally well-made, thoughtful film. Like you said, the story, it's not trying to jump through crazy hoops. It's very straightforward. Um, so it, and, but even with being straightforward, it still takes its time. It's still, mm-hmm. there's still parts of it that are very much a slow burn. There still is a, a methodology to how Sugar Hill is going about enacting her revenge on these gangsters. She's still, while getting her revenge, still kind of playing both sides of the coin at the same time. And you watch that and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm digging that they're even... They're trying to pull that off story-wise, and they're pulling it off because they're not throwing in a whole bunch of other crap right. in here. You know what I mean? Uh, and everybody is playing this particularly straight. Another thing that I actually appreciated, and I'm sorry, maybe this is a little bit of a knock, but for a 70s movie where everybody is rocking out hard in their afros, yes. I appreciated that all the afros were nicely picked. <laughs> And perfectly round. I really, really appreciated that. After watching all these nappy heads, oh no, run around in the monkey hustle, oh. and in dolomite, oh. and in and, and, and superfly, it was really nice to see some very nice, stylish, coiffed domes in this movie on the men and on the women. You you can see why Richard Lawson, like like in 1974, Tina Knowles, she wasn't even Tina Knowles yet. She was sitting somewhere saying, ooh, I like him. Yeah. (laughs) Richard Lawson, you know, one of these actors of the 70s and 80s. I mean, he was, if his first film is Scream Blackula Scream, this can only be his second or third film. Yeah. And, And you, and he... He kills it as, as like the like kind of like he's he's the straight cop yeah, in this movie yeah. Valentine right right you right you know what I mean hey pop quiz Lynn does he actually do anything in the film no no <laughs> I was like wow Richard Lawson is just sort of walking around like they have every couple of scenes they have him and he's not actually doing anything yeah, yeah. I mean and, and he's not even providing any like real like exposition no no because. 
we already know right. everything that he's finding right. out. He's solving mysteries that we saw actually happen. Right. Yeah. Basically, the only thing he does is trip. Yeah. That's the only thing he actually does. He's got the voodoo knee. <laughs> they put the voodoo on his knee. It feels fine. I know it's broken. Right. But it feels right. fine. Right. I was like, this is insane. But I enjoyed it. I find my I found myself really truly enjoying it. Also, a little bit of a knock. I know this takes place back in the 70s when the fashions were crazy and everything like that. Yeah. And there definitely is some crazy fashions going on here. But for some reason, they all made sense. Yeah. Well. It all kind of looked good. Here's something. Marky Bay's outfits. Mm-hmm. Designed by Marky Bay. Well, she's got an eye. <laughs> she knows what looked good on her, right, girl. Right. The one piece... Jumpsuit joints. I am not going to flare collars. I did not have a problem with them at all. That's right. But neither did I have a problem. Talk about you. you you're uh, shouting out Zara Cooley. I'll shout out Charles Robinson of Night Court fame. How about <laughs> a man with a nice afro yes. who knows how to wear a hat with who his knows afro? How to wear a hat. At the viewing, my wife actually leaned over and said. Is that the black guy from Night Court? Yes, it was. I, said, I think it is. And he was looking pretty cool. Yes, he was. He was looking, it, he, I wonder if he puts this on his resume. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Something tells me this got knocked off a while. Right. Around right. the third season right. of Night Court. That kind of dropped off. This kind of dropped, dropped off. off. Some residuals start coming in. He's like, yeah, I don't think I need right. this anymore. But uh, he was cool. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Robert Quarry, like you said. Eating, eating up. This was his last American International film. Yeah, he's chewing the scenery. Yeah, he's having fun. Oh yeah, you know. I, I think everybody is having fun in this movie. Marky Bay, you're right. Marky Bay, acting wise, you know, God bless the Philadelphia native. She leaves a little bit to be desired, but she's doing what she, you know, she's doing whatever. I think she is a better actress. In this, then Pam Greer is in dare I say most of her seventies films. Oh, I no 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 half no no I can't. I, well, mm, okay, acting just her acting. Okay, well, okay. Well, like like I mean, well, if you're going to I mean it's films, hard to do this because Pam Greer is like an actual goddess. Yes, but but, but like take the way Pam oh, Greer looks away. Okay, but are you talking about because Pam Greer once Pam starts. Be, Becomes a lead in film. Yes. While she's not always given a whole lot to do, she 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 has a charisma about her that I don't think that Marky Bay has. Okay. So so no, I won't say that. Now now there are some films where Pam is not the lead. She's kind of like just right. in the movie, and yeah, she's not asked, right. asked to do anything. She's not doing anything. Right. But um, I'm not going to say that she's a, a better <clears throat> actress than than Pam Greer in her movies. I, I can't go that far. Right. No. I said half of them. <laughs> no. Not I'm sorry. Either. No. No. Because um, Marky Bay looks good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's Very okay. Pretty. Yeah. Th to be fair, she's not given a whole lot to do in this movie either. She's pretty much asked to pretty much be the same way, to, like to play the same note right. throughout the film. Um, uh, and, and actually, the whole time I, I was looking at her, I just kept seeing Tony Braxton. Like, I, for some reason, every time I looked at her, oh. 
She kept reminding me of Tony Braxton. Yeah, I didn't get that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it again. All She's right. got a Tony Braxton. I liked it with Baron Zamandi. I like their scenes together. Like I actually liked their relationship. I like their relationship, but I liked like it, it because of fun. Baron Zamati. Uh, yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah, that's that's why yeah, I like. As far as acting wise, I liked her scenes with Robert Corey. Yeah, yeah. I like those. I, yeah. I thought that maybe where she showed a little bit of like, okay something something. That's fair. Um, but uh, I just I really would. To my surprise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was, first of all, I was utterly surprised at the production value of this film. Yeah. I was utterly surprised that the script was and the story was absolutely making sense. I had absolutely no problem following it. Yeah. Um, And because of that, I gave it a pass on some of the cheapy uh the the cheaper special effects sure and um some of the the some of the you know you could make you make excuses for some things i like zara coley you oh, know of course do, do, doing her thing yeah uh, talk about charisma was she always old i mean i <laughs> that's, that's the other conversation that we had while we were it's like has she just been that old forever? I think she was born sixty. She's born old, yeah, yeah. Because I looked up in her, in her IMDb, like this is nineteen seventy four. I swear there was a movie back in the nineteen fifties <laughs> right. where her 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 character is old woman. <laughs> like if you look it up and you say what year she's born, it's like a man with a bird head, <laughs> one of them eyes, and a squiggle. That's what year she was born. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, but she has charisma. Just, I, I mean, you absolutely under, understand how Zara Cooley made the leap mm-hmm. to television. Yeah. And to someone who is a well loved, who, who embodied a, a beloved character. Yeah. And, and it's nice to know that as much as, yes, she will forever be known as Mother Jefferson because yeah. of the, you know, Jefferson's living on in reruns. Uh, but it's nice to know that she was a formidable, well, I, maybe formidable is too much of a, too strong of a word, but a, a working actress. Yes. Even before yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. So that was, it was really cool. I, I'm just pleasantly surprised yeah. at how much I enjoyed this film. And, and I will say this about excusing the special effects because of the, the low budget. I actually go the other way. I give them much more credit because the budget was so low mm-hmm. and what they were able to accomplish with it. And I actually, you, you know, the person, you, you know, like I said, I didn't want to, like, I'm, I'm just not going to put out the um <laughs> the the crew of um, Blackula and Scream Blackula Scream, but I will say that the makeup on Sugar Hill was Hank Eads. E-D-D-S. And from my research, this is the only genre film that he did. Really? Like, he worked in television for years. You know, he worked on a couple of other movies. But but nothing horror, nothing science fiction. And, and I was really, really, again, impressed with what they were able to accomplish with very little money. Yeah, like like the costumes in this, it looks like they spent less money than they did on than they do on random YouTube mm-hmm. makeup things. Mm-hmm. But but you know, as you said, the 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 silver balls and and the webs, and it was surprisingly effective. What wasn't effective was the the title song. 
You ain't like Voodoo Woman by the originals? Supernatural. I'm sorry, Supernatural Voodoo, Voodoo Woman. Woman by the originals. They were on Motown. Supernatural <laughs> Voodoo Woman. No, that just, um, it didn't do anything for me. <laughs> well, I also like the fact that it was this continuation of something we talked about in Scream, Blackula Scream, which if you remember, one of the plot points was that there was this thriving voodoo community in mm. Los Angeles. Like, I love the fact that voodoo is such a huge part of of the culture and, and the society. Like, there's a voodoo museum. Yeah. Where one of the scenes where Richard Lawson's police detective isn't really doing much, he goes into the museum, and the guy who's in charge of the voodoo museum says, do you need my help on a case again? And I was haunted by the again. Me too. Because what that told me was that apparently voodoo crime was rampant in Houston. Yes. So much so that Richard Lawson had a go-to guy Mm -hmm. at the museum to talk to when he needed advice on voodoo-related crime. Yes. Apparently, SVU has a totally different meaning down in Houston. <laughs> right. He said, oh, Valentine, do you need my help again on a voodoo crime? I said, again? How much voodoo crime is there in Houston? And then, like, the, the scene changed. I said, whoa, I want to hear more about Houston's voodoo crime in 1974. But, you know. I think they were saving that for the sequel. Valentine. I know. Well, well. I mean, when the film ends, they are like they very much have the pieces in place. They do that. This is not the last time we'll see Sugar Hill, but alas, it is. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like I'm joking, but it's a real shame. It is like I, like I really could have, you know, or at least Baron Zamundi, Baron Zamundi. Like I wanted him to come back, or maybe, like I said, Valentine could have had his own TV show where right. he, 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 like you know, fights in a, you know supernatural crimes, or or just voodoo crime. Yeah, or voodoo crime. Like just because it was the voodoo museum, it wasn't the unexplained phenomenon. It wasn't you know, like you said, supernatural. It was just voodoo. If you got something to do with werewolves, it's a different museum mm-hmm. where you talk to a guy. So, yeah, Valentine could have been like Van Helsing. Val- Valentine could have been like, or Van- he could have teamed up with Kolchak. Remember Kolchak? Of course, Darren I remember McGavin. Kolchak. Yeah, yeah, the Night Stalker. I mean, you don't even have to leave American International if you remember. What I really wanted from Blackula was Thalmus Masala and Denise Nichols' character. Yeah, to that's keep fighting right. supernatural crime. Yeah, man. Like I love the fact that I mean, and this is in a lot of ways, this is the black exploitation thing where there aren't cases where there's the black character. Mm-hmm. All of the main players are black, so that when you have you know the the sort of horror movie template. Where, you know, you have the monster, you have this, and then you have the Van Helsing character who chases the monster. Mm-hmm. But the Van Helsing character is also black. Right. And it does add this interesting spin to it. It does. Where it's not, you know, a square-jawed white guy 
chasing down the monster. Of course, that would be Richard Lawson's character, Valentine, because he was definitely a square jaw. Well, but, but he's not a square jaw. He's not a white guy. guy. Right, he's not right, a white guy. Right. He's got afro. Yeah, right, right. He's a square jaw afro. Right, right. And, and from what you say, a beautiful afro. It's a beautiful. It was. It was. It was a beautiful afro. I liked it. It was like, all right, I see you. Right. I see you wearing that, Rich. I see. <laughs> he still got the mustache. Okay, That's still, how we knew it was Rich. Still got the mustache. But uh, he he was wearing it. Yeah, he was definitely wearing. Everybody was wearing it. Now the one guy Langston, um, the Sugar Hills <laughs> boyfriend that gets killed. In- you could tell. I think he was a day hire. Like I don't even know if he was an actor. Like you could tell. I've got one scene. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie is about everybody else who's clearly better at this than me. Yeah, but did you notice his suit? Yes, I did. It was sparkly. Yeah, it was sparkles. Here's the other thing that I also love. So it's it's a 70s movie. So everyone is dressed in 70s stuff. Oh, I just forgot Night Court's name. Charles Robinson. Charles Robinson's character is a young, hip guy, and he's wearing this outlandish suit when he comes in to tell uh, Sugar's boyfriend that, you know, his boss wants the club. So he's wearing this crazy suit. (laughs) They wait for the boyfriend to come out of the club later in the evening to murder him, but they're all in disguise. They've put stocking caps over their heads, but he's wearing the same ridiculous suit. Same loud suit. It's like, I don't know if you understand how disguises work. Yes. So, yes, singular black man in this whole troop (laughs) wearing the ridiculous outfit and the stocking. But that did take me back. Them having the stockings on took me back. I mean, took me back. I was in the 70s, but it took me back to the 70s. I don't know why. Right, right. I don't know why, but it took me back and I I enjoyed it. I I had fun. I had fun with Sugar Hill. It was absolutely fun. And I think Sugar Hill might go into my Halloween rotation. You know what? It's not a bad Halloween rotation. Yeah, like with in a crowd of people, you're just and, sitting there eating and, and talking, and, 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 and it really worked at the showing. Like it really worked yeah. at the show. Like the lines hit mm-hmm. where they were supposed to hit. Yeah, and and you know, like I said, as the film goes on, the crowd got into it. Oh, that's cool. So that you know, when Baron Zamudi would, would show up throughout, and, and you know, when he would be in disguise, mm-hmm. everybody loved it. Yeah, so it's a fun movie. Yeah, fun movie. Sugar Hill. So, uh, which is which? If you have Amazon Prime, is streaming right there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's definitely a black film, and I'm saying that in the right context with the right mix of people, food, and drink. Yeah, I am recommending that you see this film. And the drink could just be apple juice. Okay. I, uh, no, no, no. Seriously, because I think it holds up. I don't think. Well, you may need a little buzz. <laughs> you might need a little bit of a what buzz. buzz doesn't hurt. Well, okay. If you only drink an apple juice, then you have to have the people. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. You got to have the people. If you got a little bit of buzz, you can sit there and just watch it. Right. 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 But, but yeah. without the the buzz, you you got to have the people. But then you will enjoy it. Yeah. Definitely a good time. Good definitely time. a good time. All right. Well so, done, Vince. Yes. Yeah, so so you would I would recommend. You would recommend Sugar you Hill. Would. I would indeed recommend Sugar Hill. Absolutely. I bet you didn't think we would <laughs> we landed on that at the end of this movie. Well, you probably did because you had seen it before. I right, right. It. I had never seen it. So I no, I never thought it would have yeah. landed there. But uh I'm 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 pleasantly surprised. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we um 
reveal our film for next week, I want to invite you all to send any of your feedback. You can write us via email at mission at gmail.com. And show is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X, mission at gmail.com. You can also find us, like, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at mission, as well as join the Facebook group called Mission where people get in and they have a grand old time talking about movie news and, and TV and cartoons and all Star Trek and all types of crazy type of stuff. And we have a good time with them as well. This show also is available on the Podglomerate Podcast Network of Curated Podcasts just for you. Go to thepodglomerate.com. Check out all that they have because they've got a ton. There's something there for each and every one of you. Trust me. Our show is available as a radio show on Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM. Philly Cam, people-powered media here in Philadelphia, as well as you can spend your Monday mornings with me show on 91.7 FM WKDU, the voice of Drexel University at 9 a.m. every Monday. I think that's all the business that we have. All right. So now is the time to reveal our film for next week. Yes, because we are out of October. We are out of October. Out of October. So now we can just go and just have fun. Yes. And I say, what we should do? Yes. Let's do it again. <gasps> Sydney Portier and <gasps> Bill Cosby <gasps> in the sequel to Uptown Saturday Night. Oh my Night. goodness. Let's do it again. Is it because he knew it was my birthday in a few days? Is this a birthday present? No. Wow. I wish I, I would lie to you, but I would never want to lie to you. Oh. I just realized we did Uptown Saturday Night, episode one, and here we are 130 something shows later, and we haven't done a sequel. Oh. That is fan fing tastic. All right. Well, let's mark that time. Uh- <laughs> oh. Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm so happy right now. I believe uh, this is the film with Jimmy Walker. This is, yes, as, as um, no, he fights 40th Street Black. Yes. He plays Bootsy Farnsworth. That's right. That's right. This is also the film with um, John Amos mm. as Kansas City Black. Yes. And our favorite, Calvin Lockhart. Coolest black man on earth. It's Biggie Smalls. That's right. This is the original. This is the this creation is of Biggie Smalls. From. That's right. He plays Biggie Smalls. This, so let's do it again. Let's do it again. Oh, I love this movie so much. So do I. I wanted to do a comedy. Oh, boy. So it's going to be one of those episodes. It's going to be one of those. We're just going to gush. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, this is where Bill Cosby dresses up as Mongo Slade. Doesn't he do Mongo Slade in Up? No, no he doesn't. No, he no, doesn't. You're they, right. Cause yes. Because they, they placed the bet. That's right. That's right. Mm. They tell me that you're six foot tall and good looking. Mess with this money. You're going to be three foot tall and ugly. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is back when uh, Bill Cosby was real funny. Oh, my goodness. Do real you know funny. how close I've come to dressing as Mongo Slade? Why haven't you? I, I, I just have not been able to pull it together. Oh, Vince. But at least three separate times I've said, oh, you know, I've oh, we're going to do go to a Halloween some some, And I said, oh, I'm dressing as Mongo Slade. Oh, Vince, you got to pull that together. I know. Make that happen. Now we got to make it happen. Oh, I love this movie so much. All right. Well, you can tell us all about it next week. Yes, indeed. Let's do it again. Oh, Staple Singer soundtrack. All right, Vince. Save it for the show. I think Curtis Mayfield may have produced this soundtrack. Let's save it for the show. Curtis Mayfield produced. Yeah. Let's save it for the show. Oh. Do it again. Do it. Do it. Do it again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get out of here. Yes, we are, because I'm I'm ready to tape it right now. Yeah, I don't even it. have to watch it. Let's just tape it right now. I can tape it right now. They're in the lodge trying to raise money. Sidney Poitier learned how to do hypnotism in the army. <laughs> he learned how to do hypnotism. He's Vince. <laughs> I'm Lend. In parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.